It's been an extraordinary year of recording news reviews with Nigel Farage, and I thought it's time to look back at some of the best, worst, and funniest moments we put out for you. I hope you enjoy this. Well done, Rishi. Absolutely marvellous. And it's kind of summed up as spend now, pay later. Uh, so we continue with furlough, we continue with all sorts of grants and support schemes and goodness knows what fraud uh, is coming with that. And then I've no doubt that will emerge more in time. I'll be honest with you, um, I'm much happier that Rishi Sunak is up there giving the budget than John McDonnell, although one does wonder how big the differences are. One of the commentators wrote, that this budget looks like a UKIP Labour coalition. <laughs> and how amazing that of the 45 Midlands and Northern constituencies that were selected for special government money, 40 of them have Conservative MPs. If that isn't pork barrel politics, I don't know what is. Yeah, they got Brexit done, because if they hadn't, I'd have killed them, you know? So they got that done, but on everything else, you know, we're not very different, are we, to the days of Osborne and Cameron? You know, it's still the posh boys in charge. Um, and there is no, there's nothing radical about this government in any area apart from green policy, you know, where they are perhaps going to be radical, although I'm not sure that's what Conservatives voted for. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, the Cross of St George was kind of an emblem of, of something really sinister and a bit terrifying. And now... You know, little old ladies fly it from Dorset cottages and and the council estates of Newcastle when England are playing football. I mean, they're all hanging out of the bedroom windows. Well, look, I think the great thing is we're all Brexiteers now, aren't we? And, you know, some polling out from Bloomberg this week showing, you know, that a significant percentage of those that voted remain would now vote leave. Um, and yeah, the vaccine rollout's given the perfect illustration uh, that if you're making your own decisions, you've got flexibility and adaptability doesn't mean you get everything right, but at least you can actually make decisions rather than going through a sclerotic process, uh, you know, with 27 countries and then those decisions subcontracted to a bureaucracy called the European Commission, you know, that nobody can vote for, that nobody can remove. And in the case of vaccines, I mean, just think about this, a completely unknown woman from Cyprus, no one knows her name, who hasn't been elected, was put in charge of the vaccine rollout for over 400 million people. Apart from a degree in psychology, I couldn't see anything she'd done in her life that really equipped her for making big decisions. Is anyone surprised that they've made such a complete and utter mess of it? Although quite why you'd want to own a government, Bank of England digital currency rather than your own private digital currency is completely and utterly beyond me. Look, taking back control wasn't about government taking back control, it was about us, the people taking back control of our future and our country. But here's the point. Um, astonishing rises in commodity prices. And this is not just isolated to one sector. Okay, fine, we've got the pipeline problem on the East Coast. Um, hey, it's a bit like the 1970s. People queuing to get gas for their cars and inflation coming back. I mean, it's sort of all shades of Jimmy Carter, although I personally think Jimmy Carter was a far more competent president than uh, Joe Biden is. Um, so what you've got are rises in commodities across the board. You know, lumber, corn, copper, everywhere you look, these commodity prices have been through a really, really big spike over the course of the last three months. And of course, 
rising commodity prices and inflation, they almost kind of feed off each other. So inflation is the big thing to talk about. It is very, very closely linked to commodity prices, to cost of shipping and all of those things. And yet Biden gets up, you know, at, at what they call a press conference. And, and he and the Fed deny there's an inflation problem. They're talking rot. There is. It's here. And I really think it's here to stay. Look, here's the odd thing that, you know, when we talk about Italy and Greece and some of those Mediterranean countries, um, they don't have the same inflationary pressures because their economies are just bumping along the bottom. You know, I mean, prior to the pandemic, there'd been no overall growth in Italy for 20 years. The Greek economy is down by 25% since the great financial crash just over a decade ago. <laughs> so actually, if we do get inflation coming into the northern European economies, which it's reasonable to assume that we will, and we don't get the same inflationary pressures in the south, what we see is an even greater divergence between north and south within the eurozone. Um, so, you know, you know uh, I guess almost stagflation is the kind of thing that we might see in some of these southern European countries. The inflationary pressure coming from rising commodity prices uh, but without the growing economy to compensate for those effects. And, and, and look, you know, Nick, uh, there are no two people in the world more bearish about the future of the Eurozone than you and I. Um, and I think the next phase of this economic cycle that we're going into is going to make that even worse. Michel Barnier, the great Michel Barnier, you know, the man who for years, I mean, mind you, he was always polite to me, <clears throat> always polite to me. Um, but, you know, Barnier and the gang, who, when I attack the concept of free movement of people, when I attack the concept of Mrs. Merkel saying, come on, millions of you, please cross the Mediterranean. Yes, I know we've no idea who you are, but you're all welcome. And when I attacked all of this, you know, I was, I mean, I, I was, I was, I was told um, that I was some sort of, you know, sort of reborn 1930s, you know, uniformed fascist leader. I was one of the worst human beings ever seen on the planet. And now, because the French political class are so terrified of their own voters, Barnier now suggests no immigration into France for the next five years. I mean, you can't invent these people. They're all careerists. They're all dishonest. They're absolutely ghastly. They really are. So we'll have to wait and see, you know, who the real Rishi Sunak is. We don't know at the moment. He's been Father Christmas for the last 18 months, just doling out the billions everywhere. The other thing to look at is money supply figures. A massive increase in money supply in the USA. Now, unless Milton Friedman was completely and utterly wrong, and I don't think he was, uh, then we're going to see inflation significantly higher than 4.2% at some point before too long. And that will all come under a Biden presidency. Well, I mean, the story was that the you know, coronavirus came from the wet markets in Wuhan. That was what everybody was told to believe. Um, and then, of course, we discovered, because, I mean, let's be honest, we'd never even heard of Wuhan, most of us, before this happened, despite the fact it's got 10 million people living there. And then we discover that there's a, that there's a laboratory uh, in Wuhan where they've been testing various bat species. We then discover the European Union has given them shed loads of money. Uh, we then find that Dr. Fauci, in America has also been giving them lots and lots of US taxpayers money. So you couldn't possibly allow the theory to circulate that it might have been bat experimentation that, you know, accidentally led to this virus getting out. And those that pushed this theory early on included a friend of mine, a chap called Donald J. Trump. Well, clearly, if Trump says it could be this, it can't be true. 
And so we've, we've basically had a year where anybody that postulates uh, that it is more likely that the World Health Organization have just done a complete whitewash job, and then if you look at the number of doctors who were working at that lab who died or disappeared, that this suddenly is not on the wilder shores of conspiracy theory. Um, and anyone that's postulated that over the last year has found themselves suspended from social media, uh, uh, written off as conspiracy theorists and cranks. And the truth of it is that mainstream media has utterly failed the listening, viewing and reading audience by not covering the story. And now as more and more evidence comes out, it begins to become more credible that it did come from the Wuhan lab. I've thought this for a year, I have to say, and I've said it gently. I haven't said it as loudly as I might, because you know, I don't need to, I mean, I don't actually want to be banned from every single platform. It, this, is, this, is, I mean, this is where we are. It's very, very difficult indeed. So what does it all mean? Well, uh, another couple of weeks going down this route and mainstream media suddenly accepting that they were completely wrong, but it doesn't matter now because Trump's lost. You see, it's fine. You know, now, now that Trump's out of the way, that's fine, because he, of course, is the devil, the most evil man in the world. I mean, the Chinese Communist Party are lovely compared to Donald Trump. I mean, the whole thing is nuts. I have a feeling that where this argument begins to go is China must pay. You know, if you have a view that does not conform to prevailing orthodoxy, you're going to get suspended or banned or shut off for life. So this reflects very, very badly on social media and on mainstream media. And you're right, it just means that trust in anything we're told diminishes. Um, and that, of course, is the space into which all sorts of crackpot conspiracy theories can find their way. So there are dangers in that. You know, I'd much rather we had a balanced media with all shades of opinion being reflected, um, that allowed us to hear both sides of an argument and make our own minds up. And we're just not getting that. But it's gonna be very interesting because you know, we've not seen Biden abroad. Um, so that'll be interesting uh, to see sort of, you know, whether he can string a sentence together you know, without being wound up at the back. What we've learned, he said, is inflation is a disease of money caused by governments. And I've never, ever, ever forgotten that phrase because uh, he was certainly right about the common market and what it would become. He was absolutely right to predict, you know, the period of very high inflation that the United Kingdom went through. Um, and, and, and I, frankly, you know, we know that governments cause inflation and we know that governments can actually stop inflation. The problem is that stopping inflation, putting in place monetary policies, you know, monetarism is painful. I mean, you know, it is a very, very unpleasant tasting medicine. Um, and I, okay, we may be relatively early in that cycle, but it does feel, although we've got very similar conditions to the one in which power resigned. And so I, I just think that phrase, inflation is a disease of money caused by governments is one we should all remember. But inevitably, if there's a massive increase in the supply of money and indeed the speed with which money moves through the economies, that has to lead to a period of inflation. It just has to. And we're seeing it in the States already, where the inflation rate is 5%. And Britain's is probably about two and a half. But, but, but we're definitely back into an inflationary period. No one knows quite how long it will last. Um, the Fed and others have indicated that rates will need to rise. Uh, but I suspect, I suspect that rates will not be able to rise too much. Otherwise, the whole thing will just fall to pieces. I mean, literally fall to pieces. I think, Nick, what we're going to see uh, cynically 
is governments actually quite happy to see inflation, even though the central banks at the moment say, no, 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 there's nothing to worry your little heads about. The truth is they will cynically use inflation. It's their only way out of the sheer amount they've borrowed. So are interest rates going up? Yes. Are they going up hugely? No. Is inflation perhaps the biggest thing investors should think about over the course of the next few years? Without a doubt. You don't just overnight snap out inflation. You know, it is a disease of money and it's often much harder to eradicate than anybody really thinks. So I suspect governments may find managing, managing an economy that is you know, getting off um, sort of you know, drug injections in the arm from government with the real economy growing again and with inflationary pressures, I think they, might fi they may find that very hard to manage. Government now is more in control of our life and our liberty and our freedom than it's ever been at any point in the Western world. Uh, and I, I really fear uh, as we go ahead that those extraordinary powers they've taken they'll be very reluctant to give back to us. You know, we're recording this on the fifth anniversary of the great referendum, June 23rd, in which British voters stood up, ignored the global elites, ignored the CBI, ignored the TUC, ignored President Obama, the BBC and everybody, and independently minded said, we don't care what you're telling us about the risks. We want to be free, independent, self-determining. And yet that same electorate, five years on, appear to be happy for Boris Johnson to take away our liberties and virtually tell us that to go and buy a pint of beer, we're going to need to produce a vaccine passport. I goodness knows what's happened to this country over the course of the last five years. Frankly, I've now reached the conclusion that it is wholly unnecessary. Uh, it is all based on modelling, modelling that even into this stage of a Delta variant, has proved to be completely and utterly wrong. You know, the same fear mongers that told us that mad cow disease would kind of swing through the population. It's the same people doing it. You know, this Professor Ferguson bloke. Um, uh, the only note of joy is that Hancock's gone, uh, which I am pleased about, uh, because I think, I think he's been perfectly awful through it all. Um, and it was Donald Trump, in fact, that first put me onto this. I, I was with Trump and he'd just done a big photo lineup. It's back in 16. And one of his assistants got the hand sanitizer out. And Trump said to me, Nigel, you should always do this. You never know where their heads have been. <laughs> Johnson said, we've got to learn to live with the virus. What Johnson meant was we've got to learn to live with lockdown. I hope you enjoyed that video just as much as I enjoyed making it. Don't forget to check out part two, which will be released in just a few days time.